This is the Horse Radio Network. What a beautiful day for horses in the morning. You are listening to the number one horse podcast in the world. Here is your entertaining look at the horse world and the people in it. Good morning, everybody. I am Glenn Geek in Ocala, Florida. And I'm Jamie Jennings in Norman, Oklahoma. You're listening to Horses in the Morning on the Horse Radio Network for November 10th, episode 2806. Good morning, horse people. It's Wednesday morning. That means Jamie and Glenn are back to talk horses with all of you. Well, let's be honest. Jamie talks horses. Glenn is just here to hassle Jamie. Enjoy the show. Best opener ever. It is a really good one, I think. Well, it's good to be back, everybody. Uh, I hope you had a good show on Monday. I did. We had a delightful guest, and Debbie was awesome, and we talked about a lot of horse training and horse issues while you were laying on the bed getting a colonoscopy. How'd that go? (laughs) Yeah, well, I'm happy to report. I know a lot of you have reached out, and thank you for that. I appreciate you caring. Um, So this was a colonoscopy follow-up to see if the cancer was back, and there was a chance. That happens. So I am happy to report that uh, I am in the clear. There was no cancer seen in this one, so now I don't have to go every year for this lovely experience. I can do it every three years now, which is nice. Okay. I didn't know if it was every six months or no, like for a good while. Or... For three years. So I'm very happy about that. But I cannot express the importance enough that if you're over the age of 45 now, because uh, colon cancer has invaded younger people, used to be that it was 55 and over, and now it's uh, any really anybody over 40, they've been seeing a huge uptick in colon cancer. So if you're over 45 now, your insurance will pay for a colonoscopy. It isn't fun. I, I will I will be the first one to tell you that after. But having aren't you three, asleep? Yeah, but it's the prep. It's drinking all of that and spending the entire night in the bathroom. Oh, yeah, gotcha. That's the part yeah, that's, that's not fun. And having three in the last year, I can tell you, it doesn't get any more fun. <laughs> so, is it like a weight loss plan though can we just get oh, some oh yeah like, i lost 10 pounds in one night so it's all oh liquid my. though so you're not gonna you know you're gonna gain it back in a day but yeah it's not fun you don't get any sleep but they do put you out that part's easy you know that part's easy you get a good nap but um it uh i'm happy to report that that's that so go out and get yours if you're over 45 your insurance will pay for it you'll be no cost to you and it's worth doing it it could save your life, it saved mine, and it could save yours. I know I posted on my personal page this morning, and uh, one person already said, uh, thank because he listens to this show, The Horse Husband, he got his booked. So the more of that we can hear about, and if you do do it, uh, let me know. When I talked about it last year, a couple of our listeners went out and had their husbands go out, and they found stuff. So uh, it happens. By the way, there's a misnomer that colon cancer only happens to males. It's 50-50. It's 50% females, 50% males. So that is that is a wrong rumor that you've heard about that. Uh, I do have an unfortunate thing, though. I'm going to have to be out for a little while in January because, unfortunately, because of my surgeries last year, I have what they call an incisional hernia. Oops. So they had to cut me twice in the same spot on my belly last year. And now I have a hernia that is a very, it's a lump that has popped out in the last couple of weeks. And I've been out because we had to make sure that wasn't cancer. And that's Mm -hmm. what they did all kinds of CT. They actually did a CT scan, get this, from my chest down to below my belly, the entire middle part. 
everything. It's like the best thing you ever want when you're getting older to see if there's any problems because they looked at everything. So, uh, and everything was good. Heart's good. All that's good. Um, and this was just a hernia. So I need to go in and get that repaired with the same surgeon. And he did say, you know, this is going to hurt for a while after because it, you know, that's so fun. <laughs> yeah. I said, well, the so, last one's hurt for a while after. So when you got a CT scan, because I had to get one for my shoulder, like, uh, t- sorry, the MRI, is that the same thing as a CT no, scan? It, it's different, but it's a different machine, but kind of the same kind of machine. I, f- as loud as that thing was, mm. I fell asleep in like five seconds. Now, did you have the narrow tube? Because my doctor went to the wider tube. Now it's more like a big donut. Yeah, no, I was in this little tiny uh, little narrow tube yeah. and they put me in there and they that give you sucks. headphones. That sucks. Oh my God, it was the best nap I've ever had. Like, <laughs> if you're I don't claustrophobic know why. though, you ain't doing that. No way. <laughs> oh man. I was like, I was like, this is scary. <laughs> <laughs> They're getting away from those now and going to the ones that are like a big donut. It's very open and your head isn't in there. So uh fortunately I had that because I had to be there for like 30 minutes. Um wow. so because they, you know, it took a long time. But it does make a lot of noise. They're very loud. Yeah. yeah. Well, I do get to go back and um, this is really exciting. I feel like an equine today because I have to get a joint injection. <laughs> like, oh, I, that doesn't sound fun, by the way. No, that's Ooh. my that's my thing today. Post-surgery, you know, like I'm still having some pain in my shoulder and they're like, oh, cool. We'll just give you an injection. I'm like, that sounds like it sucks. You that, still have a pain in the shoulder you had surgery on? Yeah. Yes. Yes. Oh, Getting old sucks. So they're going to do all the x-rays, all this stuff. So I have a day at the doctor's office too. Look, oh my God, can we stop talking Welcome about it? Stuff. Health We're talk old. in the morning. <laughs> We're old. Horses, horses, horses. Let's talk about horses. What's on today's show? Yeah. Oh. We're talking about health. <laughs> so on the on Health Talk Wednesday, we're talking about human health and horse health. I actually had two people in the last week, two listeners, reach out about wobblers. And I, I looked it up, and we had done a segment about wobblers before. So we're going to replay that today because apparently wobblers is now coming up this week. So I like, to, I like when people write to us about health things their horses are dealing with that they don't know much about because chances are we've talked about it or we can talk about it, and we yeah. can directly help people. So... So uh, Wobblers is on the agenda today with Dr. Janes. Also, I have equine adventurous Crystal Kelly, who's a regular on our show. She's coming on to talk about a free workshop that I thought you guys would be really interested in. It's meant for the ladies. It's Free Adventures on Horseback Workshop. It's a three-day free workshop where they're talking about all kinds of travel adventures with your horses. And we'll talk about what Crystal's, what her session is on. But she's terrific. We absolutely love her. Um, and you're going to hear where she lives now. She moved again. But it's a place where all of us want to visit her. So that's coming up. You have some weird news, right? Of course I do. And we have some properties for sale that you might want to take a look at. But you're going to need a bonus on your next paycheck to do these. So we'll talk about that, too. We have two auditor birthdays today, Cecilia Berger and Rachel Zent. Happy birthday to both of you. And auditors, hold on to the post show because we're also going to be, I have somebody on, Beth's coming on to talk about how the card exchange and the gift exchange are working this year that the auditors do. We have the coolest auditors and listeners ever. There's some really cool stuff that is 
on the HRN store. So if you go to hrnstore.com, you can find things that are related to the podcast that you may want to get involved in. And one is, oh my God, the cutest Christmas cards ever. So Jessica Troop, you get my daily winning because the Christmas cards you made, they're your pony, right? It's Scooter. Yeah. Yep. It's so cute. So it's a picture of Scooter and like a Christmassy kind of theme. And yeah, you guys, with, it's with November 10th. <laughs> it's November 10th already. What yeah, happened? It's so, time to order your cards. That's for sure. For sure. So yeah, they're really cute. And you can find also, is it him with peppermints and he looks naughty and there's a snowman. And then there's just a lot of other HR and stuff on that store. And oh. I have the um, hashtag guild that hoodie zip front hoodie yeah that's awesome. in there too and they're all in there and you can get your your hrn friends uh cards but the card we're these gift cards we're going to do them every year we're going to do a new one every year this is the first annual 2021 gift card christmas card christmas card christmas card yeah sorry about that and it is available there in the gift store you can go buy it um and you know what's cool about this you go to the store and look and invariably there's only a limited selection and you're gonna get something that somebody else is gonna get two of right nobody's gonna get two of this card because it is unique it is drawn just for us it is a it's the most adorable horsey holiday card you're gonna get uh, and we're going to do these every year. And I, uh, according to Jessica, Scooter might be making an appearance every year. And I think they're going to become collectible, collectible Scooter cards. So if nothing else, just buy a pack and keep one because it's there is a lot of guild that stuff marketing. And by the way, I have the bumper sticker on my car, and then I also have the hoodie, and I have like some stuff. Anyway, yeah, I am. And but Lucas is like, mom. You have a bad word on your bumper <laughs> sticker. I'm like, no, it's a dollar sign, a hashtag, an exclamation point, and the letter T. <laughs> so, I mean, it's not a bad word. Not a bad word. Not a bad word at all. Besides, it is a noun in our world. Uh, it's think, true. Think about it's that. Poop. Yeah, yeah, that's right. <laughs> uh, and you're hearing it here. I'm. This is the first announcement for this. Mark your calendars for Cyber Monday. We're not doing Radiothon, but we're doing something fun that you guys are going to like because you can win a lot of stuff. On November 29th at 7 p.m. Eastern, we are doing a concert. We're doing a holiday concert, Facebook Live holiday concert with Templeton Thompson. And... We have now have confirmed thousands of dollars in prizes we're giving away that night during the concert. So if you're watching live, you'll be able to sign up. You don't have to sing a song. You don't have to dance. You don't even have to call in. You can just sign up during the concert, just a little sign-up form, and we're going to be drawing names between songs all night long. And I'm telling you, one of those is up to $1,500 Wintech saddle. You get to pick your choice of any Wintech saddle. Oh my God. This is just by watching a holiday concert. That's all you have to do. You have to show up and watch. So anyone can win. We are doing it as a fundraiser this year for Colby's Army, for Lisa Waisaki's Colby's Army. And I did forget to mention that all the Christmas card proceeds from Scooter's Christmas cards, all the proceeds from that are going to Colby's Army. So we're supporting her. And uh, Jamie, thank you for actually, you suggested Colby's Army this year. So I did. Um, I appreciate that, and the work she does in Nashville is amazing uh, with her horses and with the homeless outreach program she has for feeding the homeless. So She helps people and horses. I love it. Yep, and uh, it's an area that's pretty poor where she lives, so it, you know it's good she's doing the work she's doing. And so that's Cyber Monday. Mark it on your calendar. You have to be there to win the prizes. <laughs> so 
you have to just suffer through a ho- through a really cool holiday concert with Templeton Thompson singing Christmas songs, and uh, that'll be it. that'll be coming up on November the 29th. So we may be not doing Radiothon, but we're doing something, and you can still win stuff. So there you go. Now, you had to bug out uh, early last week when we were talking because horses were showing up. I assume you have a whole barn full in training again. I do. I was actually supposed to get one today, actually, coming from Missouri. And it's a Mustang that has been used in like a, 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 I guess, like a therapy program or something, but nobody's ever ridden him. And so I think at one point they were like, well, we sent it to our bookkeeper to break and uh, (laughs) she never felt comfortable getting on it. So I sent it to me. Well, he was supposed to arrive at 2.30 in the morning and I get a phone call from the shipper, 2 hours they tried to load this horse i don't even want to know what happened and they never could get him in the trailer so that is why i i I got more sleep than i anticipated last night because of course shipping horses in or out always happens in the middle of the night it's never like lunchtime yeah okay it's on their schedule not yours that's yeah exactly um the driver calls me he's like i'll be there at 2 30 and i was like 2 30 goes I don't control time, ma'am. <laughs> Wait, like, you said that before. <laughs> yeah, I, I go, no, I'm just... That's a good whatever. line, because how do you argue with that? <laughs> yeah, I can't control time, ma'am. Uh, but anyway, the horse never arrived, so he, uh, hopefully we'll be figuring out a way to get that horse down here. But no, I have um, several horses. I have two thoroughbred mares, one of which potentially uh, is getting pre-purchased for an HRN host. Oh, real? Oh, host. A host, and I'm not saying anything else, but pre-purchase tomorrow, so we'll see how that goes. Um, Also, um, and that mare is just like the easiest, most lovely, chill thing. But then the second one I talked to Debbie about on Monday because – she is more of a, just a bit like a nervous wreck. You know, I take the horses into the round pin and I do a join up and she's doing a great join up. And then the second I tack her up, she is just a nervous wreck. And I'm like, okay, well, let's start you on some omeprazole, some gastric guard, which I posted a picture of half the gastric guard on the ground. Um, that was really fun. So, uh, she started on that. I started her on, and we'll talk a little bit more about it. Uh, but the American harvest horse hemp, which Chad thought was awesome. <laughs> like you've got a horse on hemp. And so I tried to start it on that. And so all of this, but like, she's still like, you go to tack her up in the round pen and she's just a nervous wreck. Well, yesterday I was like, that's it. I'm going to tack you up. We're graduating to the cross ties. So I tacked her up, just pulled her out of the field, put the saddle on, put the girth on. She's fine. And I was like, oh, I I left my bridle in the tack room. So I led her forward up to the tack room and I reached and I grabbed the bridle and I put the bridle on her. Oh my God, she started jumping at the bit like nervous, 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 nervous. And I was like, wait a second. And then I took the bridle off and she's like, okay. And then I put the bridle on. She, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. Jump, 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 jump. Okay, take the bridle off. She's fine. And I was like, well, maybe it's the material of the bit because it has some copper on it, you know? So I went in and just got a stainless steel bit and I put that in her mouth and I pulled it over. Oh my God, jump, 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 jump. Take that off. And I'm like, what kind of idiot am I? Like, why did that take me so long? I took her out to the round pin and I long lined her and just the dually halter. And she was perfect. Not nervous, not anything. So when she goes back to the rescue, she'll have a thorough dental exam. But for the most part, she just might not like a bit. 
Like, cause I looked and I was able to look in her mouth and like, from what I could see, she doesn't have any wolf teeth. She doesn't have any hooks or anything on the front teeth. Nothing looks abnormal, but again, I can't see all the way up in the back, but it was instantaneous when you put that bit in her mouth. And the first thing that Debbie said to me on Monday, cause I always pick her brain about stuff like this. She's like, have you had the teeth checked? And I'm like, she's a racehorse. Like they, she just came off the track. Of course her teeth are fine. You know, they, they, they get overfloated on the track for the most part. And, uh, yeah, no, something, something is wrong or some, she just doesn't prefer to have the bit. I've tried three different sizes and now I've tried different materials and I just, I feel like an idiot. Like I didn't know because we were in the round pen. I just tack her up all at the same time. And I just thought she was nervous. Turns out she's just nervous about that. So she might just be one of those horses that gets ridden bitless and that's how she is. And so that's what I'm going to do today. I'm going to hop on her. Do you use a at all or do you just use a dually? I just use the dually halter. Yeah. yeah because the hackamore sometimes the can. to it. Yeah, yeah, because there's rings on both sides. So I ride, I mean, I ride Duke in it. I ride Zeus in it. And so I, I was like, oh, yeah, I'll just ride her in that. And she is just so much more relaxed. So I'll be getting on today and seeing how steering and brakes is. <laughs> um, and then I have uh, another one, the horse that came in that this is an amazing story. So this horse came in and, and he was brought to me and it was like, you know, okay, well, he rears and he bolts and he kicks. And I was like, oh, th- thank you for telling me. You know, like some people don't tell me. And, and she, what doesn't he do? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, he doesn't do anything he's supposed to do. So I get him and he's the one that turns out like I would put him in the round pen. He was like double barreling at me and just angry and kicking. And But he's he's been out in, a, in the arena and then in a field. And then finally I walked him into the barn on the concrete and I was like, oh, good Lord. This horse was walking like he was on stilts, like, oh, ow. Ow, ow, ow. And he had been trimmed by her friend. I have talked about him a little bit. Uh, his name is Tank. And he had been trimmed uh, by a barefoot trimmer. And the barefoot trimmer hadn't done a great job because the horse is walking on his soles and his frogs. And so it was like, instead of they a They never cup, liked that too much. No, uh, they don't like that. It was like, it was like a like a bowl. The bottom of his hooves were like a bowl as opposed to like an upside down bowl. So um, got him some shoes. And he's better. He's not perfect. Uh, and then, so the vet came out and did an adjustment and she was like, Oh, I bet he had a headache because his neck was out of alignment. And so she was like, adjust his neck. And he just like takes a deep breath and licks and chews, you know, like, Oh God, thank God. And then thank God his owner is amazing. And she's like, she's all, she's a small animal vet. She'll do whatever she needs to do. And then my vet was like, you know, he has no top line, like, less than zero top line. He's 11 years old and he's very muscular, big quarter horsey looking thoroughbred, but with no top line. And she's like, I think we let's take him out to the arena and do some, some EPM testing, you know, some neurologic exams. And, you know, she goes to pull on the tail and he just about falls over. And it's like, okay, let's take a tighter, takes the tighter. The blood work comes back. Yep. He's got EPM. Oh, geez. So now that. Well, it's, it's uh, Oklahoma, Texas, like this whole area is just endemic because it's possums and they're everywhere. And uh, I don't care what people say about possums. They don't eat, they eat their ticks that are on them. Okay. They stop telling me possums are great because they're horrible (laughs) because they destroy horses. Anyway. So we got him treated for EPM. Now he's had a chiropractic adjustment. He's had, she's got shoes on now and he's out in the field and you couldn't catch him before. Yesterday, I walked up to the gate. I'm like, come on, Tank. And he walks right up to me like, hello. I put him in the stall. That was where he'd kick at you. Well, it's standing right there like, 
Bye. Put him in the wash rack. His eye is so much softer. Everything is better. And I've had um, a couple listeners reach out saying that some of the things that this horse I described with his behavior is what they're dealing with. So this is just another piece of the puzzle that we've kind of figured out with him. And it is just amazing. I mean, he's still doing EPM treatment, but just the other things and just, he's just really settled down and become a horse. And now we've started riding him and took him on his first trail ride. Actually yesterday we rode him in my, in my front yard and I've got these bushes that I walk through and his owner was there watching farm boy ride him because farm boy rides a big Western saddle and big Western looking horse and she rides Western. So it was a perfect match. So he, we, we walk him in between some bushes and they have to like really kind of skim through bushes and trees hit him on both sides. And she was like, Oh my God, he walked through a bush. He walked, <laughs> Ma, she calls her mom. Mom, he just walked through a bush. <laughs> like, I guess he hasn't, been real successful at anything in the past. And what we've realized too, is he just really doesn't know anything. You know, I, it's like an 11 year old, like now that we've got him feeling good, we've realized that literally he just doesn't know anything. Nobody's ever taken the time to really explain things to him. And now we can put our leg on him and he moves well, away and well, he goes and he stops you, and he turns. What you always say is you got to fix the health stuff before you can teach him anything. You cannot yeah. train pain. That is it's for what sure. You always say, and this the, here's another proof of that, right? Yeah, uh, and you know example. what? May have been pain forever, and that's why this horse wasn't interested in learning anything. So no, yeah. exactly, exactly. So just uh, I, I, it's it's one of those moments that I'm not like whatever. I totally feel like Amy Fleming, <laughs> like <laughs> Heartland. <laughs> like I'm Amy Fleming. I need to like rewatch all the episodes again and well, see like your life has almost that much amount of drama. So it's. <laughs> <laughs> You know, other people have said you should do have your own reality show here. So, you know. Oh, God. Yeah. I, no, I don't Chad need cameras that. following me around. Yeah. Good Lord. Um, yeah, she's peeing in the stall again. Oh, but... you think you had trouble before? <laughs> Imagine if you had your own reality show, how many people would be turning you in. <laughs> God, it's so true. So much drama. Um, and then Zeus, he's had uh, some issues. So he went and got some back injections at the equine hospital. And so hopefully after seven days, he's going to be able to get back to work and maybe I'll have my horse back. So he was he's penny of the ears. He's another one that should be on, on the CBD. Oh, <laughs> uh, I know. This is to calm him down. Like just <laughs> enjoy like standing there. Yeah. No, you can't just enjoy standing there. You have to be getting into something, but yeah. So hopefully he'll be back and I'll have all my horses back and, and uh, I'm, I'm feeling positive going into this, this holiday season. Yay. Good for you. Good for you. Thank you know, you. who else is going to feel positive? Who else is going to feel positive are the people that purchase two particular po uh, properties that are have gone up for sale. And I want to ask you, if, did we ever go to Adina Springs in Paris, Kentucky when we were there? I, I have been there. Yeah, I, I thought so. But we went together to one in Paris, but that wasn't Adina Springs, right? Let me see who would die. It might have been Adina Springs, actually. Because Remember? We see went who's to, standing there. Yeah. I'm trying to remember who where we went. We went to one of them. Well, Adina Springs is coming up for sale. Now, that was owned by Frank Stronick, who purchased it in 2005 and built the state-of-the-art facility on a 2,300-acre property. It was opened in 2007. Capable. Yes. Mucho Macho Man is there. We yeah, did go. That's what I thought. Capable of, and by the way, it's absolutely stunning, capable of handling 1,000 horses. So it's going up for sale, and I didn't know this. Jennifer knew this, but apparently there was a lawsuit between his daughter, Belinda, 
It just sounds like a made-up name, by the way. I'm just saying it sounds like a name you only read in books. That's a rich person name. Yeah. Belinda Stronach actually sued her father, and there was this big lawsuit going on, litigation going on. And under the agreement, apparently Belinda continues her leadership role, the Stronach Group, which is the racetracks and the betting companies, and her his her father and his wife, Alfred? I don't know how to say that name. Uh and they get to keep the farm, but they're not going to be running it anymore. They're going to be selling it. Now, no word on what the price is, but can you imagine? Um, it's, one of the lar- it's one of the two largest farms in Lexington, Windstar Farm being the largest over near Versailles, by the way, another absolutely stunning place. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm guessing $750 million. That's my guess. Uh, I think it's going to be in the five to seven hundred million range. I hope whoever buys it continues the name of Dina Springs because that is just such a. I mean, that place is iconic and amazing. Yeah, what's and scary just... is it said it could be broken up into smaller. No, farms. yes, it did. Well, smaller that. farms is at least yeah, it, you no just keep it farms. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that one's going up for sale now. If if you can't afford seven hundred fifty million. Um, There is a place going up for sale in Texas. It is the largest private lake in Texas is now for sale. It's in Freestone County. It's uh, 20, about uh, uh, 5,000 acres. It's a 90-minute drive from Dallas. It includes Fairfield Lake, which covers 2,400 acres, 21 miles of shoreline, and is thought to be roughly 50 feet deep. Uh, it there is a state park on the property, and I guess you you buy it and then includes the state park. So it, I own a state park. <laughs> yes. So it includes eight miles of highway grade roads, bridges, concrete, boat ramps, parking, underground power. Uh, there, it covers 1,800 acres within the property uh, that is in the southern half of the lake, and that's the state park and all of that. It's, I saw pictures of it. It's absolutely beautiful. There's 180 species of birds, raptors, shorebirds, and waterfowl that are there. So this is like a, you'd have your own your own sanctuary there. And it's only $22,000 per acre, so you can get it for the low, low price today of $110 million. Is there a house on it or anything? Uh, there didn't appear to be a lot of houses. There are some well, houses. Well, forget it. Then I'm not buying. <laughs> I think you can build whatever you want on the part that's not state park. <laughs> I think that part's pretty well situated, but uh, there you go. You can own your own lake and your own state park and have 21 miles of shoreline where you can build whatever house you want. Wow. There you go. So there you are. So there's our real estate section of today's show. (laughs) (laughs) Get your checkbooks out and go out and find some. If you can't afford a $110 million property, you can go to Equine Equine Affair this weekend. Yep, it's coming up this weekend in West Springfield, Mass., at the Big E. And you can find State Line Tack there. They're going to be in the Better Living Center, Booth I. They're going to have an amazing array of goods at unbelievable prices. Enjoy up to 50% off Gatsby, Da Vinci, and Oak, Equestrian, and up to 80% off Khaki. Also, Gatsby, they're going to give away a free pair of Gatsby Perfect Fit socks with every $10 purchase until they run out. So you want to get there early, and you guys all know you head to the shopping immediately. Heck with the seminars. Go shop. Uh, They have an additional $10 right now on Select Professional Choice SMB 2-packs on the website and $20 on the Select SMB 4-packs over on the website. Also, 40% off certain Amigo turnout sheets and muck boots right now. 
Also, one other thing that they have going on, they always like to give back, is Blankets for Bales program. When you purchase a Weatherbeta Comfitech blanket in the Plus Dynamic line at State Line Tech, they're going to donate a bale of hay to a horse rescue charity. Uh, it's called A Home for Every Horse. So they get a bale of hay with every blanket for every blanket you buy. So uh, take a look at that at State Line Tech as well. You have to get your blankets. We had somebody on the Stable Scoop Roundtable last night that worked for a manufacturing company in the horse world and they did say they are having problems getting products so shop early you know we've been saying that all along but she confirmed it last night shop early they are still waiting for their spring line to show up that never arrived so oh uh yeah so it's it's going to be a different year so definitely that means there'll be early. deep discounts when it finally does arrive right exactly <laughs> Let's get to our horse health segment. It's brought to you by Daily Dose Equine. A listener asked me on Monday, I just got a lameness exam done in my draft cross, and we're looking at Lyme and EPM right now, pull blood work, but the vet mentioned wobblers, which I've never heard of. Could we look at getting a vet on the show? Well, we have had a vet on the show. Uh, In the past, we had Jennifer Janes, Dr. Janes on, and she wrote papers on wobblers, and it was a day that uh, you and Lisa Wysocki were hosting. So let's take a listen to that. I've had a couple people ask about about wobblers. So let's go back and take a listen to this and we'll be back. So we've got Dr. Jennifer James and we're going to be talking about wobblers. And I had a wobbler when I was training horses years and years ago. But um, tell us, first of all, what is this? So wobbler syndrome, quite simply, when I explain it to people is obviously the horses present with a neurologic deficit due to compression of the spinal cord. So we think of this as a neurologic disease. However, the reason that that kind of wobbling, which is why we call them wobblers, is occurring is because the vertebrae or the neck bones themselves have different malformations that are actually compressing that spinal cord. So um, we think of it as a neurologic disease but there's actually underlying it's a musculoskeletal disease and those two systems are overlapping. Wow. Now this horse that I had was, Mm -hmm. uh, when it came into my barn, was a long yearling. And I really didn't know anything about the disease, but apparently some, some of these horses present as fairly young horses. Yes. So when we were kind of uh, looking in our group and everything, uh, we typically in the range will say one to two years of age is most common as far as kind of thoroughbreds and some of our light breed horses. Um, But honestly, I've seen it as young as six months of age. Um, And I think some of that relates to in, in our younger horses is they're still kind of getting their legs under them as they're growing. And so it's sometimes difficult to determine like, is he just awkward and trying to figure himself out or actually neurologic. Um, as far as our warm blood horses, uh, we'll see those those can present a little bit later up to anywhere five to six years of age. And that relates to the vertebra themselves and their development and the closure when we think of like growth plates with skeletal development. Um, so in the neck, those growth plates don't close until four to five years of age in our thoroughbreds and about five to six years of age in our warm blood. So we can actually have a long gap of when this disease can actually actually present in our overall younger group of horses. So what are some of the symptoms? I mean, are they just clumsy and it does it affect like front legs and back legs or just one set? 
Um, so clumsy, absolutely, <laughs> depending on <laughs> depending on how severely they're compressed. Um, I think one of the interesting thing of, things about wobbler syndrome is that typically the hind limbs are more severely affected than the forelimbs, um, but we will see forelimb involvement. And the reason for this is, is that the nerve tracts in the spinal cord that control where you place um, or where the horse places their feet, um, the nerve tracts that control the proprioception or where they're placing for their feet for the hind limbs are most superficial. So they're compressed first or they'll Mm. be affected first. And so that's why classically, and you know, you always say classically, but you know, there's always a spectrum, right? A range of what these clinical presentations look like. But the classic appearance is hind limbs more severely affected than forelimbs, but definitely you can see involvement of of both depending. So, and that's what makes it a little difficult to, you know, you always need to keep in mind other neurologic diseases. So, when your veterinarian is working these horses up, they'll mention things like EPM, which can also cause neurologic deficits. And so that's why it's important just to kind of go through the whole diagnostic protocol to figure out where you are. Right. Now, is this painful for the horse? Um, As far as pain... I think where we're going with that is one of the things that's really helping us as far as understanding um, just diseases of the spinal cord and diseases of the neck and back in general is that our advanced imaging is getting a lot better. Um, so we always think about radiographs, but now we're actually to the point where in referral settings, um, horses can now get CTs of their neck. And so um, depending on, um, we're kind of hitting that point where the size of the horse is no longer prohibiting what kind of imaging we can do. And so um, now we're seeing that you can actually have compression of the little spinal nerve roots that exit and kind of go down into the muscle. And so sometimes these horses will um, look a little painful, but it just depends on what's being compressed. It's definitely not a one catch-all type thing. We see different types of malformations for sure. And I'm sure there's different levels of the problem. So some, some might be severely compromised and others it's maybe not not quite absolutely absolutely and it um it's also not uncommon we can see a a variety of um when we say they're compressed we'll we'll identify the specific joint location in the um in the neck so between say the third cervical vertebrae and the fourth cervical vertebrae that intervertebral joint they're compressed there but they actually can be compressed at multiple sites Mm -hmm. um along the neck so sometimes it'll be one site um in in severe cases it can be up to three sites Um, But also it depends on not just like the number of sites, but you may only be compressed at one site. But if you have some significant changes in those vertebrae there, it can it can really unfortunately compress that cord and cause some pretty um, significant uh, lesions. So um, again, yeah, like we were talking about before, it's definitely a range and a spectrum. So you've got a horse, uh, you mm-hmm. called the vet out, the, the horse, yep. the, the vet's diagnosed uh, wobblers, wobbling mm-hmm. syndrome. And what do you do? So this is when you start to have very um, kind of in-depth and honest conversations. Um, It's definitely uh, a decision that has multiple factors as far as what you want to do um, and just being very honest with yourself and your veterinarian. Um, If you've come to a diagnosis of Wobbler syndrome, you know, typically kind of how you'll progress. You've gone through the neurologic exam, um, ruled out other diseases, either by CSF taps, things like that. You've shot some radiographs. We have ratios that we can say we think they're narrowed there. Um, to definitively define compression, um, we do what's called a myelogram. 
And so the horse is anesthetized, and basically a contrast is introduced um, into the spinal column, and then um, they shoot radiographs and move the horse's neck, and so we can actually see that spinal cord compression. So once we've kind of come to that point, um, there is conservative management um, and in the form of nutrition uh, because we know it's a multifactorial disease, so the horses that tend to be affected um, tend to have a more rapid growth rate. They tend to maybe be a little bigger size and their um, age match kind of pasture mates. And so if a horse is, this is typically most effective if they're less than a year of age, um, but you can do some nutritional things to um, kind of decrease their um, either um, kind of energy and protein or look at their calcium phosphorus ratio. We know trace minerals such as copper and zinc are super important. Um, but typically this kind of dietary conservative um, approach is most successful um, when they're under a year of age. And that's related just to mainly like the growth patterns of the horse. So their uh, growth, first big growth spurt is zero to six months of age. And their second big growth spurt is around puberty, which is about a year to, to two years of age. Yeah. Um, you can definitely, there's, um, you know, looking at anti-inflammatories. So when we look at steroids, NSAIDs, just to keep them comfortable. Vitamin E is really important for just kind of, you know, spinal cord neurologic tissue health. Um, and then also there is a surgery. And I will definitely defer to my colleagues that um, <laughs> perform the surgery. Um, but I know that those conversations entail, you know, the number of sites that are compressed, how long right. they've been compressed. And so, um, but there are several areas around the country where the surgery can be performed. Um, obviously, I'm located here um, in Lexington, Kentucky. Kentucky. And so um, I know at some of the clinics here, horses will ship in um, different surgeons. Um, for instance, Dr. Barry Grant will travel around the country here in Lexington. We have Dr. Stephen Reed and Dr. Brett Woody. Um, so it's just being in contact and being in that network and deciding what is best for your horse. And I think the right. other thing is when you're looking at treatment, if you're looking down the surgical route, is realizing that you know, it doesn't stop at surgery, it's post-operatively and all the rehab that goes into that to, to get your horse back. So, um, and just understanding that, that it's a journey and there are ups and downs. And so, right. um, I think that's kind of the, the, it's a, it's definitely a big discussion to have for sure. Oh, for sure. For sure. And we've got to wrap pretty quickly, but I, okay. uh, I do have one other question and, um, you know, you're talking about the growth spurt, you know, that mm -hmm. can be a cause is, is another cause maybe just poor confirmation? Um, we don't or look not. at con confirmation as much per se, okay. um, but I could definitely see from the standpoint that, um, you know, maybe if the alignment in the neck is not, you know, as good as we would like or something, how that might kind of, you know, set up for something down the road. But we definitely think more environmental factors and then the longstanding question of, uh, you know, the role of maybe genetic determinants. So, but Got definitely it. a multifactorial kind of puzzle piece type of deal. Got it. Got it. Well, this has been really awesome. Where can oh, we great. either find you or find more information about this? Um, so I personally am located, I'm a, a veterinary anatomic pathologist. I'm at the University of Kentucky Veterinary Diagnostic Lab. And um, I think just emailing me um, is um, a way to go. And then um, obviously, if you look on different sources online, like the horse.com and stuff has some some good information for sure. Okay, how would we email you if, uh, if um, one of the listeners oh. has questions? Yep. Uh, just my name, Jennifer.Janes, J-A-N as in Nancy, E-S, at U-K-Y dot E-D-U. 
Awesome. Well, thank you so very much. No problem. Thank you guys for your time. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Oh, there's just so many things that are terrifying about horses. I know. Now there's more. Now there's more. Now there's more. And, you know, when when this horse came into my training barn years ago, um, I had no idea. I was thinking EPM and, and, you know, but it presents like that, but it totally wasn't. And then, you know, you look at this this poor horse who's, you know, uh, ending up being a pasture ornament, which was fine. But some horses, you know, who are severely compromised, they don't have such a good outcome. Coming up next is Crystal Kelly, equine adventurist. She has her own podcast. She's been coming on our show for years and years and years. And she has a cool really cool uh, workshop coming up that's uh, geared toward women in the horse world who are who have a little bit of adventure in their soul. Let's hear about that. Well, back with us is an old friend of the show. She's been coming on with us for years now. Her name is Crystal Kelly. Hi, Crystal. Hey, how's it going? Good. Thank you for joining us today. I saw a post that you did, and I wanted to get you on about that. But first, let's introduce you to our new listeners. Uh, tell us about your podcast. Yeah, so the Equestrian Adventuresses podcast, we do uh, three episodes a week. We've just done over 200 episodes now, and essentially it's it's the podcast for women who love horses travel and adventure. So we interview people all the time. We talk about really cool things like what kind of gear you should use or horrible mistakes that we often make on the trail and just all kinds of different fun things. I was trying to think about when we first had you on. It was before the podcast, I think. You had done something crazy and we had you on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I have to like think which crazy thing yeah, exactly. I've done. I don't even um, remember which crazy thing you've done so many. <laughs> yeah. So now you're, you're living in a different place now. You're living in Italy now. I am, yes. I'm here. Uh, my two horses are here now and my husband is here. So yeah, my whole, my whole little family is here now. What's it's part? very exciting. Can I ask what part? Yes, I am in Tuscany, and I have to tell oh. you, it's as pretty as they tell you. Oh, it's I mean, everything I've ever heard about Tuscany says it's magical. You know, I was, I'm one of those, maybe like, I'm going to sound really annoying to your listeners, I think, but like, I've traveled to a lot of places, so sometimes a lot of things that I hear about, you're kind of underwhelmed when you see it in real life, right. and then we came here to House Hunt, and I was like, oh my God, it's actually as beautiful as they say it is. Now, why <laughs> so. Italy? I mean, uh, you know, many, many reasons. First of all, it's sunshine. So I'm from California originally. So my husband is German and we spent the past two years in like Eastern Germany, which I'm going to compare it to like living in Russia because it's pretty cold. It's like <laughs> Siberian winters in the summertime. Um, and then before that, we were in England and, you know, all this was was really cold places. And so, yeah, I, I kind of told him like, OK, well, the next place we live, I'm I'm picking it and it's going to be sunshiny. <laughs> <laughs> Good for you. A lot of people are moving to Italy too. I don't. Uh, I don't know why. Please tell me you like pasta. Please. <laughs> I do. Yes, okay, that's a big good. reason for being here. I'm yeah, the checking. food, pizza, and pasta, and I'm in heaven. <laughs> <laughs> well, you are doing now. You have traveled the world, and you've done some amazing things over your lifetime. And you've done some of that as a solo female traveler. Other times in groups, but I would say mostly as a solo female traveler, right? Yeah, definitely. I, I met my husband a few years ago in a car rally, um, and I was driving solo from England to Mongolia and back. And so I was this solo solo traveler in Azerbaijan waiting for the ferry boat when he met me. Um, okay, so, that's random. <laughs> yeah, so before that, I was always traveling by myself for, for a very long time, and I was just kind of doing my independent female thing. You know, I thought I was going to do that forever. So I yeah, think, I think 99% of us 
probably don't have the guts to do that, male or female. You know, and it's funny because even that same car rally where I met my husband, I was the only solo traveler. And I'm talking about like men and women. (laughs) So I was the only like solo one trying to drive this crappy car to Mongolia by myself. Um, You know, he had a, a teammate and most people had two or three teammates with them. So, yeah, even in the travel circle, solo female travel is is very niche. I mean, I don't, I can, I'm trying to think of, I don't think I've done a lot of solo traveling because I've been married for 35 years. So, I mean, it's, <laughs> you know, you just don't. Now, I'm actually starting to do it more now as Jennifer's doing more of her thing. I'm starting to do more. One of the things I think that holds people back is, one, they're scared. I mean, because let's face it, if we're ever, all any of us are doing anything new, you're a little nervous, right? Um, yeah. But you're this has obviously become a thing that you've wanted to deal with because you're doing a you're doing a workshop. Tell us about the workshop coming up. This is what caught my attention. Yeah, so Equestrian Adventuresses we're hosting a virtual adventures on horseback work workshop. And, you know, because of course, if you're going to travel, you have to do it with horses. (laughs) And so essentially, we're interviewing, there's 18 speakers giving presentations, and I'm one of them. So I'm, I'm doing a a whole segment about women's travel safety. But we have 18 different speakers, and they're all presenting, you know, topics about um, how to trail ride or long riding or, you know, um, endurance riding or how to go through vet checks or what kind of gear you should bring and how you can have adventures with your horse locally and just do kind of cool stuff. Like we interviewed somebody who does jousting <laughs> and archery and, you know, all this kind of cool stuff. So yeah, it's a, it's a free workshop. Anyone can, can sign up and attend. It's going to take place November 29th, 30th and the 1st, but we're having recordings available, you know, if, if you guys can't be on there live. So and, yeah, it's a lot of fun. And how are you doing? How will they watch? Yeah. So when they sign up, um, I'm going to be emailing everyone the link. So on the 29th, basically the little website page is going to go live and there's six presenters every single day. Plus we have some cool bonus like panel discussions, um, me and my other two podcast hosts. So we just talk about a whole bunch of fun variety of things. And yeah, so they'll get the email to the link. It will be up for 24 hours and then that link will come down and day two's presentations will go live. And it's all day. Yeah, it's all day for three days. Oh, for three days. And and what were the dates yeah. again? So it's November 29th, the 30th, and the 1st of December. Now, you, um, you're you going to talk about safety. And one of the things you said, uh, uh, you, you, you said in here that uh, it's something that you really have to be careful about, even if you're going out with a tour group. Can you touch on that a little bit? Yes, I can. And, you know, this is a topic that I'm extremely passionate about because – you know, I don't want that situation where somebody's too scared to go. I want to empower them to be able to go, you know, like you have to ride horses in Mongolia at least once, or, you know, I want them to be empowered to go. But so many of them, unfortunately, when they do get brave, and then like you said, you know, they book a tour or something, because they didn't prepare themselves, and they don't know the culture, or they don't know this, or they don't know that, and they didn't take the necessary precautions. Unfortunately, it does happen pretty often that they all have a bad experience. It could be, you know, sexual harassment. It could be somebody pickpocketing them. It could be a whole bunch of variety of things. But if you're a solo woman, it is something that you need to take seriously. And if you prepare yourself and you do learn how to navigate the cultures and customs and language barriers and all these things, it is something that you can overcome. 
you know, you, you can, you can go and travel to different places and you will be safe. I imagine that that is especially true culturally uh, when you get to obviously the Middle East and also parts of Africa, right? Yeah, for sure. And I worked a lot in the Middle East with horses. So I'm, I speak Arabic. Um, I'm very familiar you, with the that culture. Looks like a language that's tough to speak. <laughs> it's a lot of fun when you speak Arabic because I'm blonde, I'm tall, I have <laughs> green eyes, I'm white. And so nobody realizes the hell out. <laughs> I do sometimes. And I even had that. I was in Florida of all places and I was walking around at night and these guys came out and they start catcalling me in Arabic. And I understood every single word and I spun on my heels and I turned to them and I said, in perfect Arabic, like, be careful what you're saying. <laughs> and they froze in their tracks and they're like, <gasps> and one of them, like the braver one was like, oh my God, you speak Arabic? And I was like, yeah, so be careful, dude. <laughs> and I just, I heard all of the boys like, whoa, you know, and I just remember walking away. It was as, as if there was like, you know, in those movies, like an action explosion behind me. I was like walking away all cool from Well, the you scene. might be the only blonde woman in Florida that speaks Arabic. So, I mean, there's that. <laughs> but, you know, I think, you know, I bet you those boys will think twice before they can't call another girl in Arabic. So you know? I don't want to give away your whole presentation, but I, I do have a question about that. So if you're in that situation, wherever you are, is it better to be strong or is it better to just get out of the situation? Um, so most of what I teach is like how to prevent this stuff from even okay. happening because men are bigger than us. They're stronger than us. Like there's, there's no kickboxing or karate class or self-defense class you're going to take that's going to save you if, you know, a guy really wants to attack you or if he's got friends. There's five of him and one of you. Like, you're. I'm sorry, I can't help you. Um, so it's not about, you know, getting out of something super extreme. It's about never getting in those situations. And it, it's done with being observant and aware and knowing what to look for and knowing who to trust, like who's your friend who's trying to help you and who's maybe potentially a predator. Got it. Makes sense. Well, I think this sounds like a fascinating three days. We'll definitely promote it over with our listeners. I'll put a link in the show notes because it's kind of long. So I'll put a link in the show notes. You can <laughs> yeah. find them right there in your podcast player. And Crystal, where do they find your show? Yeah, if you're wherever you're listening to to this podcast, you can just search for Equestrian Adventuresses and, and come and join us. We talk about lots of travel and adventure, and you can just listen to other people's stories of them failing miserably on the trail, but still living it. So it's, yeah, <laughs> it's a good show. You guys really should check it out. And you just went over what two hundred episodes? Yes, two hundred episodes. It's Yay. it's crazy to think. Yeah, I remember when you started. <laughs> yeah, I know. It seems like not that long ago. Um, it really wasn't that long ago. But yeah, it's I, I was inspired by you guys. And, you know, I thought, you know what, let's let's do it. <laughs> well, you've done a great job. And congratulations. That puts you in about the top tenth of a percent of podcasters, because no, that's about how many make it to 200 episodes. So so good for you. Way to keep it well, going. Thank you. Yeah. And yeah, you've only I lived in about six different places since we started talking. So, <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah. We have to update every every couple of months just so you could see. But where now I am. I'm excited because I have somebody to visit when I come to Italy. Yes, definitely. We have a, a guest room, so you'll have to come and see right, we'll how pretty it out. is. All right. Thanks, Crystal. Appreciate it. Thank you very much. Well, Jamie, you're going to let me do this, aren't you? Normally, mm. Jamie does not let me play anything Christmassy or holiday-ish until about December 24th. <sighs> <laughs> but 
because we have so many cool listeners that have done so many cool songs in the past for Radiothons, and because it's a listener, it's the only reason she's allowing this. And it's kind of about my horse. Yes. We're every day now that Jamie and I are on, we're gonna play some of the past Radiothon songs that have been done because let's face it, these people put a lot of work into it and we only listen to them once most most of and the time. And it's funny, y'all didn't know they were gonna come back and haunt you, but we are gonna haunt you. <laughs> That's right. So you don't know, you might be hearing your own. We're only gonna do the songs, but we're gonna do one and it's gonna kinda all get you in the mood for the big concert where you can win tons of money on Cyber Monday in the evening. Tons of prizes, not money. You're oh, not giving prizes. away cash. Yes. Oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Free uh, money! Prizes and money. Uh, so prizes are worth money. Let's take a listen to one of our favorite contributors over the years. She contributes something every year. She's a fantastic singer, and she writes great songs. And this one may have been honor of Zeus. So, um, damn it, Zeus, let's hear this. I ripped the halter off Joker's head. Somebody snitched on me. I stole the hay-net from glory instead. Somebody snitched on me. I tore a hole in Bindi's rug. Found the supplements and smashed the jug. Tried to kill Mr. Nextdoor's pug. Somebody snitched on me. Oh, I'm getting nothing for Christmas. Mom and the neighbors are mad. I'm getting nothing for Christmas. Cause I ain't been nothing but bad. I kicked the stall to make it break. Somebody snitched on me. I purposely stomped on the last good rake. Somebody snitched on me. With help, I pushed down the garden fence. Got a tummy ache from rotten plants. Forgot how to lunge and did a hind leg dance. Somebody snitched on me. Oh, I'm getting nothing for Christmas. Mom and the neighbors are mad. I'm getting nothing for Christmas. Cause I ain't been nothing but bad. I won't be seeing Santa Claus. Somebody snitched on me. He won't come visit me because somebody snitched on me. Next year I'll be going straight. Next year I'll be good. Just wait. I'd start now, but it's too late. Somebody <laughs> snitched on me. Oh, I'm getting nothing for Christmas. Mom and the neighbors are mad. I'm getting nothing for Christmas. Cause I ain't been nothing but bad. So you better be good whatever you do. Cause if you're bad, I'm warning you. You'll get nothing for Christmas. This means you, ponies. <laughs> this is Zeus's theme song. <laughs> it is. Elizabeth Muller, thank you so much for sending that in. I had flashbacks, and clearly, actually, I'm triggered. So You need to play that for Chad. He's going to love that. <laughs> <laughs> we, have a, we do have some other ones in honor of Zeus, so we, we'll have to play. The, you know, Basically, I'll let you play Christmas songs if they are related to me. Oh, okay, good. <laughs> Tell us about American Heart. Harvest, you're actually starting to use some of their products now. I am. American Harvest Products, premium hemp extracts, and they have a new product, Equine Hemp 
pellets. That's what it says right on the front of the box, actually. With American Harvest Hemp-derived CBD pellets, horses can benefit from faster recovery from performance activities, a feeling of relief from inflammation or pain, a sense of calmness or reduced nervousness, and ease of digestion. The natural equine hemp pellets are vet-formulated, produced from natural hemp, manufactured with potent raw CBD with no chemical processing, and they also have a liquid application as well. You can ask for American Harvest at your favorite equine shop, any Hubbard dealer, or online at store.alltech.com. That's right. They're connected with Alltech. Also, they have a special giveaway for HRN listeners. American Harvest is offering a free 90-day supply of American Harvest equine products for one listener. The enter is simple. Visit the link in the show notes and sign up. Where do they find the show notes, Glenn? Uh, Right there on your podcast player. Right there on your podcast player. You can be the lucky winner. Buy online today at store.altech.com and I put the nervous mare on them but I've also put um one of the horses I have in training I didn't talk about his name is TJ and he was adopted he was he belonged to this couple they're from New York and they live in Texas and then they uh sent him to the once he was done running responsibly retired and and taken to the rescue and then they're like you know what I think we want to adopt him and then they adopted him <laughs> so he's gone full circle to the adoption and then came back and so they sent him to me And the woman is older and she's never had a horse before. And she's been coming for lessons on the weekend, like a couple hours, Saturday and Sunday, driving up from Dallas and learning how to even like tack up, you know? So he's a really calm horse, but I suggested to her, you know, like, let's try him on this. And maybe, you know, you guys keep him on that. He's the one that really loves mares. Like, oh my God, I love mares. They're my best friends and I need to be next to them. And so hopefully this is going to help calm that down. And just any sort of stress that may come from a nervous owner, you know, I just think like from talking to them, it just seems like, you know, if if they're up here, they'll kind of be here. How about if you just send her some, they have human ones too. So they can both. Oh, there you go. (laughs) (laughs) I don't have that one in my barn, so I can't help you. <laughs> well, that's good. I'm excited to see. Now, they did say, what do you say? We had them on, and they said, what, it takes about 10 to 14 days for it really to 10 to, to 14 sink days. In, yeah. And again, it's not a nervous horse. I just, I want to make sure he's not going to, like, have some sort of weird reaction to it that she wouldn't notice, right, you know? So right. if he becomes, like, drooling in the corner, I don't know what's going to happen. I've never used this stuff before. So I'm going to test it out on him for her here and see what happens. And he's such a chill dude, like that. I really don't see it. He already looks like a stoner. He's already a bit of a stoner. (laughs) So we're just going to make him feel like a stoner too. (laughs) All right, cool. All right. Thank you to American harvest. We appreciate them. Let's, uh, let's do some, uh, what do you want to do now? Do you want to do some weird news? It's time. It's time. Time to learn why some days you're embarrassed to be part of the human race in Jamie's Weird News. I call y'all out. Y'all are slacking a little bit on, on submitting weird news. I almost had to look for some myself again, which is like unacceptable. <laughs> you almost had to do your job. I almost had to do my own job. But uh, Laureen fortunately sent a couple. Charlotte sent one. Sarah sent a couple. So y- y- they're carrying the slack for y'all. So if you see a story in the news and you're like, that's really weird, send it to Jamie at horseradionetwork.com with weird news in the subject line. Let's start in Spain. That's right. We're going to go to Spain. We don't really get many uh, Spanish stories like this. And we're, we're going to head to Madrid as um, 
<laughs> police were called because eight camels and a llama were taken to the streets of Madrid after escaping from a nearby circus. Apparently, the camels and llamas escaped. And, of course, it's in the middle of the night in Madrid. And they're all two hump camels and one llama. And they were all hanging out uh, at a street corner. Just, you know, hanging out. What they think happened is that animal rights activists cut the electric fence wire. And they all got out. And let me just give anybody a word of advice. If you don't like camels being used in a circus, don't just set them free on the streets of Madrid because nothing good is going to come of that either. Yeah, that's you not, know that doesn't help them either. So. No, that's you're not saving them. Load them up and take them to the desert. I don't know, like whatever you want, to, but don't just set them. It's not the running of the bulls in Madrid. It's like the running of the camels. Do not do that. Um, all the animals are back safe and sound. They're all really calm and they just kind of were hanging out on a street corner. Could you imagine driving down the road in the middle of the night being like, am I drunk? Did Damn I it, Zeus. <laughs> I know, right? I'm sure Zeus had something. Yeah, I'm sure there. he was over there letting him loose. It wasn't activists at all. It was Zeus. Zeus did it. He did it. I really love this story because it's it's a it's a world record that is happening. We're going to New Zealand now. And Colin and Donna Craig Brown were weeding their garden in New Zealand when Colin's hoe bang, struck something just beneath the soil surface. The couple knelt down and began digging around the object. And they were like, what is this? It's like, he thought it was some sort of fungal growth, a giant puffball, and he pried it out with his garden fork. And what he did next is a bit of a mystery to me why you would do this, but he scratched away the surface a little bit of the skin and tasted it. It was a potato, a potato that they did not know was growing. And his name is now Doug. Doug, the potato is 17 pounds. What? Okay. This First of all, why are you t- tasting random crap coming out of the ground? That's what I was thinking. <laughs> like, why would you just taste that? Apparently it was in their garden. They don't even plant potatoes. Okay. He said pounds. Think of a 17 pound dog. Do they live near Chernobyl? Is that? I know. Right. Um, so what they've done is they found it on August 30th and it's become somewhat of a celebrity around their small farm. They've named the potato Doug because you know, they dug him out. Get it? Uh, um, they yeah. built a small cart to tow him around. They put him <laughs> on Facebook. They had a hat on him. They take pictures, taking him for a walk, out giving him some sunshine. And they did all this. Apparently, the biggest potato in history is 11 pounds. So Doug, well above exceeds the 17 pounds. Now, Colin does say he doesn't have any secret gardening tips. He says usually they throw a bunch of cow manure and straw in the garden to see what happens. And that was in their cucumber area. So like, they said Doug must have self-sown and quite possibly been growing for several years. Yeah, <laughs> be a little tough, you would think. Yes. Yeah. Uh, so now what he's done is like they've realized that he's starting to get a little, well, he's in New Zealand. Well, he said he's I, getting a bit pongy. I looked at the picture here. It looks like a brain or something. It's very strange shaped. It's, I mean, it's huge. 
It's it's going. <laughs> this is a grown man. It's going from like above his like from his neck down to his belly button. It's huge, <laughs> and it is not the shape of a potato. It is some sort of yeah, odd shape, it, amoeba shaped. I'm seeing a picture of thing. a peeler on top of it. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, he said he uh, what he's done now is he cleaned him up as best as he could to get all the mold off of him because he was starting to get a little bit. You know, as he said, Pongi. Uh, he cleaned them all day, he stuck them in the freezer. They don't know what's going to happen yet because they're still trying to get in touch with uh, the the world record, the Guinness. But he's going to, you know what he's going to do with them afterwards? No. He's going to make them into potato vodka. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, that's the best thing to do with Doug. I Probably not real edible at this point. So, uh, <laughs> I mean, perfect. It's a lot of French fries. Let's ferment I guess. him. He's already started fermenting. So. Uh huh. He's an amateur brewer, so he's like, oh, I'm there just you go. Him into vodka. So there you go. That is an unusual story. And again, why would you taste it? <laughs> it's just. It makes I, absolutely. I, I'm no still sense. stuck on that one. Yeah. So it's not the weirdest story, but I just love when the sheriff's department tweets. Okay. So this is another one of the sheriff's department. Florida? This is actually in Johnson County, Arkansas. Arkansas. Close. <laughs> Deputies in Johnson County say they made a huge drug bust during a traffic stop on Tuesday. And apparently a canine unit was called to the scene because, uh, and, and because I guess the, the driver, when he got pulled over, took off running into the woods, you know, because that usually works. <laughs> so they sent the dog. Well, that's usually that. an indication that uh, they really don't want to be pulled over. For yeah, yeah, there's something something yeah. going on. Turns out they found 100 grams of meth, 150 Xanax pills, half a pound of marijuana, and a handgun with the serial numbers scratched off. They've suspected it's probably stolen. So here's the thing. We've got – why is this a weird news story? Do you know what they did? With the drugs, how they tried to hide them? No. They put them in little Debbie oatmeal cream pies. <laughs> <laughs> and so there's like this huge box of oatmeal cream pies with like all this. You could see they like tried to rewrap it. And here's the thing. Here's the tweet from the Johnson County Sheriff's Office in Arkansas. Some things are just too pure and holy to mess with. At the sheriff's office, sheriff's office, we consider Little Debbie snack food to be one of those things. Okay, <laughs> one of our <laughs> they go on to talk about the crime, basically saying you can't mess with snack food, Little Debbie. And says, as cops, we can't begin to tell you how much this upset us. Snack food is our life. The department posted on Facebook. <laughs> if criminals start messing with zebra cakes too, we're gonna take it personal. <laughs> And you know when they were wrapping them in those, they thought, well, if we ever get sniffed by the drug dogs, they're not going to smell they're it. They're never going to see that. I mean, geez. Because, you know, cakes. it's in the snack cakes. Uh-huh. Last one. <laughs> they couldn't afford tasty cakes? That's all. I, <laughs> I was never a little Debbie fan. I'm more of a tasty cake guy. Now, where do we usually like to end weird news? Huh, we don't like to end weird news here, but where do we usually <laughs> end weird news is in Florida. Well, we're not going to Florida today. Oklahoma. Although Florida is mentioned in the story. Of course. We are going to go to Oklahoma City, baby. Ah, there you go. Imagine this. Okay, three people are suing Oklahoma County Jail uh, employees (laughs) because these, these three individuals were arrested. And they took them into the prison. I don't know why they did this, but they did it. And it's hilarious. They 
handcuffed these three individuals to a wall and played the song Baby Shark on repeat for hours and hours. And so these three criminals have to sit there to handcuff to a wall listening to hours of baby shark do 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 baby shark do 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 baby shark do 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 baby shark daddy shark do do The only thing worse was is that they had to listen to your version of it for three hours. Alexa, play baby shark. You're welcome. Alexa, play baby shark. Siri, play baby shark. I'm talking to your devices. Uh, but yes, and it turns out that these four... Send your hate <laughs> mail to Jennifer at horseradionetwork.com. Uh-huh. Yeah, you're welcome. Uh, and uh, apparently, they they are suing for being tortured. This was utter torture to them. Cruelty to a prisoner and conspiracy <laughs> as a result of an investigation. Now, the Florida tie-in is that in West Palm Beach, Florida, that song, they this place was sued because they played this song out of a building outside in West Palm Beach, Florida. The children's song was blasted at an event center. Really loud outside to keep the homeless people from sleeping there at night. So they would. Well, that would work. <laughs> yeah. Good Lord, we're going crazy. <laughs> so there you go. If you want to keep the homeless out or torture some prisoners, just play baby like or your anybody. Neighbor. The only problem with playing it if you don't like your neighbor is you have to listen to it too. So there's that. It's Alexa, funny. play baby shark. <laughs> I, I apologize I to everybody for her. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you all for joining us. We really appreciate it. Where can they find you? They can find me on Facebook because I just got asked the other day. They're like, what's your Instagram? And I'm like, no, no, too old. <laughs> um, you know, what's really funny is Zeus has his own Facebook page as well. Uh, and it's Zeus the Mustang and Thor the Mustang because they used to have Thor. And it's maybe Thor the Mustang and Zeus the Mustang, something like that. Anyway, you'll find it. But I was at the vet clinic and the veterinarian who was doing the back injections on Zeus He's about to get started. And I was like, <laughs> excuse me, do you mind if I take some photos of this? Because Zeus has his own Facebook page. You were one and, of those girls. <laughs> and he was like, he grunt like Roy Kent, like, like grunts. And, I, and the, the tech, who, or I guess the intern was like, he's got his own Facebook page. And I'm like, he's kind of famous. <laughs> so... You will go in and see the injected photos. Yes, you and know who doc, I am. <laughs> who did not let me post his face online so you can see him doing his work. Um, and so you can find Zeus in, on Facebook, but also you can find me on Facebook. And she's like, does he have an Instagram too? And I was like, no, because I'm too old for that. <laughs> um, Zeus, it, Flyover Farm, Jamie Jennings is on Facebook. Just search for that and you'll find me there. And of course, don't forget, go get your store stuff. Get your HRN merchandise, your swag, your Christmas cards with Scooter on them. The collectible Christmas cards. I'm making them collectible. I'm just saying. And that. get your colonoscopy. Yeah. You're welcome. At hrnstore.com. <laughs> At least cut the cards there. You have to go somewhere else for a colonoscopy. You can't get your. No, yeah. he's, that's confusing. Yeah, you can't that's... get a colonoscopy <laughs> at hrnstore.com. <laughs> hey, hang on, auditors. Bye, dear gals.